0: It's a time of week when we take a look back on some of the biggest news stories and the quirkiest news stories of the week. And we're joined this morning by Declan Hughes of Fly Cruise and Alan Andrews of the Old Barracks Coffee Roastery in Bird Hill and also our own Megan Thornton. You're all very welcome to the programme this morning.
1: Thanks Gillian. Good morning.
0: Um, If I can start first of all with this story, I suppose the big story of the week was the address of President Vladimir Zelensky to the joint houses of the Oireachtas and there was controversy afterwards because the TDs who are members of People Before Profit stood after uh, President Zelensky addressed the dole but they did not applaud. There was a standing ovation from the rest of the chamber but not from these TDs and Minister Patrick O'Donovan was pretty horrified by this. He spoke about it on the programme yesterday.
2: The president uh, uh, of Ukraine made an impassioned plea to the Irish Parliament yesterday, uh, and it was responded to in kind by TDs and senators uh, who, uh, you know, literally leapt to their feet and applauded. And a small group um, stood there and made a protest uh, by not clapping. I mean, what planet are these people living on uh, that they would use that opportunity in that kind of a warped mentality to do that uh, against a man who is clearly broken himself and is wrecked in terms of his own um, mental uh, load that he's bearing on behalf of 40 million people, um, millions of whom have been driven out of their own country, thousands of whom are in Ireland seeking refuge, um, you know, who who themselves have, have nothing literally to go home to, who don't know if their families are dead or alive. And these people are using a platform in our parliament elected by Irish people to protest.
0: How dare they do that? Okay, well, that was Minister Patrick O'Donovan speaking on Limerick today, yesterday. Uh, Declan, what did you make of the uh, stance taken by People Before Profit?
3: Actually, I think it was a national embarrassment and it had the potential to become an international embarrassment. Basically, it was a serious error of misjudgment and uh, it made the People Before Profit devoid of any compassion uh, for the, the the mass murder, what is happening over in Ukraine for the Ukrainian people, and I think uh, you know the Paul and his cohorts, uh, you know, to become a liability now to Ireland at this stage, I'm absolutely incensed. I really am enraged.
0: They did say that they fully support President Ukraine in his defence of his country, but the reason they couldn't applaud was because they didn't want to support a call for extra sanctions that would hurt ordinary Russian people. And, you know, it is the ordinary person that's going to suffer. You can be pretty sure Vladimir Putin isn't going to run short of what he eats for breakfast, lunch and dinner on a daily basis. He won't be personally harmed by these sanctions in a way that will affect his daily life. So, you know, they're concerned about the ordinary Russians. And that was the reason they didn't want to applaud a call for more sanctions.
3: I mean, I understand, obviously, you know, you can't blame the vast majority of the Russian people for what's going on in Ukraine. It is down to Putin and Putin and his uh, henchmen, but, uh, you know, it's up to the people of Russia now to deal with it in their own way because, obviously, NATO isn't dealing with it the way it should, I think, you know? Um, But... And I for now, it's very difficult. It's, it's a terrible situation. I'm actually going to Latvia on Monday with my wife and she's even nervous going there, you know, but I have to say it's, we need to do a little bit more than what's actually been done at present because uh, it's at a crisis point now. These people are like, there's an ethnic cleansing, you know, there's a barbaric mass murder taking place and, and there's all sorts of stuff going on over there that's just horrific. And what have we learned? War Two, I don't think, you know, but it, but it sounds in the sights of what's actually happening over there. The, uh, the innocent ones are being murdered, you know. If it was a soldier, soldier, you'd say, okay, fair enough. But, it's you know, it's like Samson and Goliath there with the Ukrainian people against Russia. It's just horrific. It's beyond words what's going on over there.
0: Alan, what are your own thoughts on, first of all, on Zelensky's address to the joint houses at the Oireachtas? Um What did you make of the whole thing? And um, then the people-before-profit TDs and the stance they took?
1: I think that Zelensky has um, made a call to the Irish that he doesn't feel they're doing enough. I think that's obvious. Um, my concern is that there are um, a, a small cohort of Russians probably here in Ireland or in wider Europe that that will be affected by sanctions or public opinion or Um, people's attitudes towards them. And while I don't think people before profit were trying to um, magnify that situation, I think when you look at what's happening with the Russian embassy um, and the failure to provide fuel or whatever, it is causing uh, an environment where people are starting to be anti-Russian people. And If those people are living in our country or living in other countries, they they end up being marginalised. And I think that's something that we have to be aware of.
0: Megan?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously everyone is horrified from all the images and everything that they've been seeing. And um, I think a lot of people are moved by Zelensky's address. I don't know whether I can understand having a differing opinion on whether sanctions or further sanctions should be needed. Uh, I don't know whether clapping or not clapping is really making the statement that they thought it was going to make. I feel like they could express the fact that they didn't want sanctions and they maybe still clap and... I'd acknowledge that he had came and he had spoken, he had spoken so passionately and if they did agree with certain things. Um, I do think though obviously it is down to personal opinion and um, you know as in I don't think you can force anyone to clap or not clap either. Um, to something so it is an interesting one um, but I think I agree with the in terms of the sanctions and everything that it will impact ordinary Russian people as well and it is something that I've thought about if it if it happened here and everything started shutting down uh, around us because of decisions that someone in um, the government had made that we weren't really a part of I think there would be mass panic as well so I have thought about that side of things
0: yeah but Alan is is that Uh, the Western government or Western world's fault for introducing the sanctions or is it Putin's fault because he's left them with no other option?
1: Well, I think like everything in life, um, you have to choose your reaction and that's all that we can manage. We can't manage the behaviour of other people. So we have to look at actions and sometimes there are are limits to what you can do without causing global warfare. Um, So I don't think any of us are in a position to judge really what's the right action, we're not at that political level Um, we haven't walked a mile in Zelensky's shoes, Um, we haven't been there in in terms of government decisions, it's a very, I don't envy anybody there trying to make those decisions and what's the right call to make
0: Yeah, it's a tough one, it's interesting um, Declan, you know to clap or not to clap, I mean I know I've been at events in the past where people have stood up and given a standing ovation and I've gone eh, hmm You know, I'm not sure that uh, it deserved a standing ovation, but I find myself standing up anyway, because when everybody around you is doing it, um, you kind of just go with the flow. So to actually resist the applause was clearly uh, a decision that was made in advance. It wasn't, you know, on the spur of the moment. I, don't, I think it's, it looked, to me, it was kind of, It's a little bit extremist,
3: you know, but I mean, you have to respect, you know, people's opinions and they, if they differ from yours. I mean, the, the world has gotten so divisive now, particularly thanks mm-hmm. to social media. We're all arguing with one another and if not face to it's online, you know, it's just never ending. So I think we have to respect to a certain point, you know, we'll agree to disagree on the matter and just leave it at that. But, you know, your card is marked, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, what is it, it's uh, forgiven when not forgotten kind of thing.
0: Okay, we'll we'll move on to another story this week, which grabbed many of our listeners' attention. And this was the encouragement uh, from the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, for people to take shorter showers and cut out one car journey a week to bring down their energy costs and their plans being formulated. Um, Megan, uh, are your showers shorter this week than last week?
4: Um, not really. I don't think, I don't really have a, like, I have a lot of hair and I have to wash it twice and that's just the way it is. Like, I I just can't cut it down any shorter. Like, I'll do it, like, I'll have a shower as quickly as possible anyway, because I'm usually having it right before bed or right in the morning running to work. Um, but no, they're not any shorter than they were. I I would try and, like, um, conserve water as much as possible. Obviously, I see the point in, um... The recommendation but I just, I just don't think it's a solution really to the crisis we're facing right now. I think it's a very simple solution to a, definitely a wider crisis.
0: Andrew what about yourself? What did you make of these suggestions?
1: Well I think um, the challenge with all of this um, is we need to have sustainability solutions generally for the environment. We work closely with um, a lot of producers on a global level. Uh, in the coffee business, and obviously the coffee business has a magnifying glass over for the twenty cent cup levy. Um, so the, the, the challenge with all of this stuff is that it seems to be band aid solutions or or post effect, and nothing is doing. We're not doing anything preventative, and I think that's the bigger challenge. We we see it with you know coffee cups being put into bins, but they never get recycled because they're they're not uh, shredded, and um, so we don't have the infrastructure in place. And I would much rather see a strategic approach. Where we're creating infrastructures to conserve energy or water, or uh, you know, to create proper recycling facilities, then then just start putting levies or make you know redundant uh, examples of you know drive slower and take shorter showers. I think they're they're not the solutions that we're looking for.
0: Remind me again, Alan, when that levy of twenty cents on the reusable cup is coming in?
1: I don't see a date for Jet but. Um, and, and I think, it's definitely
0: on the cards, though, isn't it?
1: Um, well, it's being proposed. So unless somebody really puts a good, strong argument up against it, um, it'll probably go through. And that's the, the problem with that is that it starts at twenty cents, and it doesn't.
0: Oh yeah, we always we all remember yeah. when a plastic bag cost just five cents uh, in a supermarket. I'm not even sure what it costs now, but it, it did the trick.
1: Well, I don't know if it did the trick, and I and I, I'm confused about. Um, what's the difference between someone getting a coffee to go and getting a delivery of food uh, for takeout because I got a takeout for myself and my kids the other night and there were about 12 containers so, are they going to start taxing all the containers for takeaway food?
0: And that's very don't. fair, that because they're, they're very often that's plastic that's in a lot of takeaway foods.
1: Yeah, could you imagine the uproar with McDonald's? If a, a massive lobby against the government, if they started doing something like that, I just really don't understand it. I think it's an appalling uh, attempt at trying to curtail um, pe- people's use of of. You know, a really vital commodity like coffee, you know, people really uh, love that social environment, that community setting. And um, I just think it's off putting. But I think there's a better solution. Um, and I, I think generally we need to be, we really need to be thinking outside the box for, in terms of sustainability and um, being more conscientious towards the environment.
0: What about you, Declan? Um, how would you feel he, even about the 20 cent extra on a co- disposable coffee cup? Or well, what about your showers? Are you taking shorter showers or can you cut down your car journeys?
3: Well, I am, my, my wife calls me a bald hippie, right? Because I, I took on the role of chapter head for the International Equitourism Society here in Ireland. Uh, under my role with We Are That Travel and I love it I absolutely love being eco-friendly we we, we share we take shared transport and so on I was actually up in the Gresham Hotel late last night at an event and it was coffee conserved in the disposable coffee cups. But what really kind of bugged me was that the, there was a stirrer in the with the cup and it was plastic and it was very, very thick. So it was single use. And I really hate single use plastic with a passion. There's so much wastage there. You know, these disposable, I, anything disposable is really very bad for the environment, unless it can be, you know, uh, re- repurposed or uh, kind of... Um, sent into a compost or something like this that, biodegradable that's fine but if it's something that goes to landfill then uh, it's a big issue with it so I was, I was surprised to see that at the Gresham I mean the Gresham actually O'Connor Street was very clean last night right? in Dublin usually and I go up there it's, it's full of uh, litter but it was sparkly clean last night which was great to see so I think we're up in our game on the you know, the environmentally friendly initiatives that's taking place. But Eamon Ryan, I mean, you can't really take this guy seriously. I mean, even his advisors have advisors, and he still comes out with this nonsense, uh, nonsense that is really uh, regurgitating kind of, you know. I'm surprised the man is still awake. You know, well,
0: look, you know? th- I mean, he's not wrong in that these things do cut down on our energy usage, but I suppose. Oh, to do. A, a lot of people would feel that perhaps they already know that a shorter shower is cheaper than a longer shower. and
3: But when you look at it, I mean, taking a shower is actually very beneficial to you. Right? It's like a sanctuary, you know. It's, it's a place that you escape from the day-to-day and you need to kind of rejuvenate yourself. So if somebody takes an extra minute or two, I mean, come on. That's very good for wellness mindfulness and stuff as well, so I I wouldn't, you know, in the whole scheme of things I think it's collecting astrology really leads to look at the bigger picture and the Pluto phase principle of these, you know, big, huge, multinationals that are the planet and look at those guys, rather than look at the, the average
0: Now we're chatting to Declan Hughes of Fly Cruise and Alan Andrews of the Old Barracks Coffee Roastery in Bird Hill, and our own Megan Thornton reviewing some of the news stories of the week. And big news this week for Twitter it's confirmed it's working on an edit button that would allow users to change tweets after they've been posted. Megan, what do you make of this?
4: Yeah, um, I think definitely um t- a positive for some people i think we've all made mistakes on a tweet and then you have to go and delete it and tweet the whole thing again it's so annoying and definitely anyone that probably works in social media is like yes finally and um, when i saw it at first i was a bit like oh are people going to go back and edit their tweets if they've ever like put out something a bit dodgy or that sort of thing but also, the internet, the second you put something up, someone has screenshotted, especially if you've got a platform. So I don't see that really being a problem. Um, so I think that this is something people have been calling for a lot. And I think it was like Elon Musk put on up a poll and it was suggested on the, um, the edit button on that. So I think, yeah, I think people are going to be a fan of this one. Um, I, I will definitely probably use it at some point if it does come in. Alan, are you a
0: tweeter?
1: Yeah, for sure. We tweet for the roastery um, in Birdhill and also on a personal account, so I can see its benefits. Um, yeah, but I, I was reading through some threads on it and it looks like, uh, if you read from the developers of Twitter, that it's been something in the pipeline for about the past year and that Facebook have already uh, created an edit buddy, button uh, successfully. So um, it's, it, I think it just really came to light because Elon, Elon Musk uh, got involved and he bought billion worth of shares and a a little 11% or 12% stake now on Twitter. Um, So it's, uh, yeah, there there, there were some uh, concerns over the validity of of an original tweet and would the original tweet still be available um, and could you see maybe if somebody posted something and it went viral then it might be changed. So uh, transparency is key in doing something like this but uh, I think generally it could be good for Twitter. Twitter is is an amazing resource, I'm sure. Uh, Megan knows, and, and you know yourself, Jillian With being in, in media, um, it's a fantastic resource, especially for global news. So uh, I think it can be a good thing. Um, a lot of journalists use it, so mm. that's the that's where the need for transparency is paramount.
0: A fa- fantastic resource, and also an absolute cesspool.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> sure look, um, it, you have to know how to use it. I think, and and um, the block button comes in very handy.
0: Yeah. Um, Declan, what about yourself?
3: Are you a fan of Twitter? Oh, I, am. I I love Twitter. I love Twitter more than Facebook. I think we, we sent out 7,000 tweets. It's like we since its inception. But uh, yeah, you know, it's long overdue to set it, but button, button. it really needed to be done like, <laughs> I mean, six years ago, you know. But I think it shouldn't allow you to edit something you put up like two years ago. You know, I think anybody who sends out a tweet it should really stand over what they say. You know what I mean?
0: And isn't the concern that maybe you might put out a tweet, get, you know, 10,000 likes for it and then go back and change the entire nature of that tweet yeah. and say, oh, look, 10,000 people agree with me that, you know, we should all take <laughs> long showers. <laughs> I know that's
3: that's the thing. So they should be limited. There should be like a two week window or maybe a week, you know, to 10 uh, so much. Or I think they're talking minutes. But I do like, like Twitter. I like Twitter a lot.
0: Okay, well, we're, we're going to move on. This was a, a big story yesterday, and a, look, for the whole year. This is the guy who won Limerick Person of the Year yesterday. Uh, let's take a listen. Here's Paulie O'Callaghan.
4: Oh, absolutely sensational. I couldn't believe it at first. Um, everyone went reactive, but I couldn't believe it at the end. It was so delightful to see it. You could tell by your face. You weren't expecting it, were you? No, not at all. I didn't expect it at all. I thought I probably were going to win that, but I did I uh, anyway. I don't care about that.
3: And what an achievement. You must be so proud, Brian. Absolutely, uh,
2: Maxine, yeah. Look, to be even, share the same stage as as people held in such high regard in Limerick City and County, it was just phenomenal. But to actually, to actually win the award, uh, yeah, I can't put it into words how proud I am of Pawdry, and I suppose of all the other winners as well.
0: A great win for Pawdry, wasn't it, Declan?
3: Oh, amazing. Now, really, I mean, I've seen images of him kissing the award and everything. It was just, so feel good and get me goosebumps and everything. I'm super excited. It's just the best news this week, I think, by far. And it's well-deserved because you can clearly see his passion for what he just absolutely loves what he does.
0: Yeah, Alan, we can all do with a bit of good news now and again, can't we? And this is great news.
1: Yeah, I think anything that encourages um, our, our youth, uh, the younger population, to believe in themselves and um, to follow their own passions... Um, that's something that I think we don't do enough of, or, or, or younger people find it really hard to do, is to, to follow one path. It's all, uh, the narrative is all around getting your education and getting your leaving cert or junior cert. And it's not necessarily, uh, my belief anyway, it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all solution. So something like this, I hope that, um, you know, he has a career in media. And uh, this is really something that catapults his vision for that and takes him forward. Um so, yeah, like I think just encouraging our youth to, to be themselves and to identify as, as unique and special is the best thing that we can ever do. So celebrating someone like this is it's amazing.
0: Well, somebody who is unique and very special is our own Megan Thornton. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and, and that is why That's we are <laughs> very, very sad today to be saying goodbye to Megan. Megan, you have been such a fantastic Uh, work colleague here in Live 95. You've done just about everything in the newsroom, on the Limerick Today team and uh, you're moving on to different pastures, I'll say. Not necessarily greener, but they're different. Um, uh, Have you enjoyed your time here? You have to say yes to that, by the way. Yes,
4: no, I I have. I definitely have. Um, I've been here since I was an intern and I've worked on in the county and I've worked on news and I worked on Limerick Today, producing and researching as well. So it's definitely been varied and covering so many different big events as well when you think about it. um, When I was trying to think back on my favourite moments like um, the Limerick Count, you know, for the council election as well, I was involved in that and I really enjoyed that and golf gate breaking on, on a morning we were sitting there and then a massive storm the day after, probably my busiest week here as well when I was producing and it's just been an amazing experience and getting to talk to Limerick people and them really trusting me and sharing their stories with me and being so vulnerable to share some very difficult things that have happened to them just over the phone line, basically with a stranger and trusting me with their stories. So it has been a really amazing time and obviously with all my work colleagues here
0: and I've just loved
4: working here for the time I have so yeah it's very uh, <laughs> emotional day
0: Well we wish you the very best and I know Declan and Alan will join me in a standing here, ovation here. We uh, <laughs> Thanks weird.
2: very much
1: Megan, well done I on.
2: appreciate
0: the clap yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, No no <laughs> protest today <laughs> uh, Megan um, Yeah we wish you all the very best and sincere thank yous for uh, all your hard work and thanks also to Declan um, for joining, Declan Hughes of Fly Cruise for joining us and Alan Andrews of the Old Barracks Coffee Roastery in Bird Hill
1: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with
0: Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95.